scripture reading today is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. Please follow along in your own Bibles as I read the letter of the ESV, and that's Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so it's exciting to be here. 2023. We're here at this property. Isn't this exciting? Yes. It's exciting to think about what God may do through us here on this property as we proclaim the gospel and as we reach the community and as we serve the community. And so this time of year, the new year, it always brings about a lot of time for reflection and a time to look forward and to uh, think about the year behind and, and the year ahead. So I do this each year. I sit down and I, I, I reflect. Uh, and I think back on the previous year and I look forward into the coming. And I set goals. I don't really do resolutions, but I do set goals. And I look at things in, uh, in a variety of different aspects of my life. So the areas that I typically look at things are spiritually, Family, finances, health, professional, and then friends and relationships. I looked at all those categories and I spent time praying and thinking through each of those. And I imagine that most of, a lot of people in here do the same. And I would like to encourage us to not only do this type of inventory analysis in January or at the end of the year. This should be an ongoing activity. Just as Paul challenges us to examine ourselves to see if we are in faith, we should constantly be examining ourselves and our walk and how we're doing in regards to these things that are important to us. So, some spiritual goals, and we'll get to the text in just a second. I've got to set this up. So, obviously, many people set a variety of goals. One of the most, I guess, set is to read the Bible through the year. Anybody ever done that? How many people have uh, faltered in Leviticus? Okay. It's a tough book. I'd encourage you, if you're going to have that goal, Genesis, Exodus, skip Leviticus, go to the next book, and then come back and catch it later. Uh, or you might get tripped up. Particular sense of Maybe it's, this is the year to put it to death. Maybe it's sharing the gospel more. Maybe it's family worship or devotion to enhance that or to start that. A particular book or a theological topic or something about uh, the church that you want to understand better. Maybe it's deeper relationships with fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. I would encourage you to be specific, though, with goal setting. And not to be overly aggressive. Let me give an example. 
If you're going to read the Bible through in a year, leave space for life. And for loving the Lord. I had a variety of check, you know, seven-day-a-week reading plans that I followed. And I found, trying to follow those, that it almost became a burden. Because I was so worried about not getting that box checked when I something happened, when I said leave room for life, things happen. You get called away on a business trip. There's a health issue that comes up. I mean, the kids don't always behave. And, uh, you know, you get uh, put aside on, on a variety of things. I mean, it just happened. But there's also an opportunity when you're reading the Word of God to get lost in love with the Lord. Sometimes I can be reading my Bible reading plan and a verse just hits me and then you read the reference and then all of a sudden you're in a confession and you're praying and you've been lost and you're in the Word and you're way off for three chapters deep and you're four books over and you're reading God's Word. And I don't think there's a problem with that. I don't. That's what God wants. He wants our heart and our relationship. Now, plans are good because they help us with structure and discipline, but don't let them become legalistic and burdensome in the sense that it shuts us down. It's just an example. Particular sin struggle? Find someone you can trust to walk with you. If you want to share the gospel, or be specific. Even Paul asked for prayer. He said, pray for me that I might proclaim it fearlessly as I should. So if you're going to do that, and that is a goal, bring someone in. Help them pray for you. It helps hold accountability. And then be specific. Learn a new technique or a way to proclaim the gospel. Family worship or devotions. Don't overcommit or complicate it. God loves it when we interact with Him. And moms and dads, He loves it when you bring the kids into His presence. It's your mini church worshiping God. Family. Husband, wife, relationship. It's imperative that you spend time thinking about that. It's imperative, young moms and dads, that you spend time on each other. You do not want to wake up at 50 and find that your relationship is built only around the children because they are to be trained up to go. And then you're going to be left with each other. And if you have not fostered that love, you have to start over. It's a precarious time. But it's also important, moms and dads, that you're on the same page. Praying. Praying for your family, your kids, extended family. Friends. That's an area that I probably would say that's one of my most difficult areas. So when I was uh, at TI, a lot of times people, the younger uh or your career folks would ask, and I would go, and they would say, hey, how do you balance? You raise four kids, and work-life balance. And so I would, I'd always have this thing, and said, well, here's my priorities. Faith, family, friends, and factory. And that sounds great, right? And it's true. Those were my priorities. But I, in an honest assessment of myself, I do believe if you look at my life, faith and family always did. 
service to the temple. But factory clearly displaced me. Friends became a distant fourth because I had so much invested in church and family and then the job that I skipped a lot of hunting trips. And I didn't go on fishing trips. And I didn't go on the ski trip with the men at church. And I didn't invest a lot there. And in reflection, I think it would have benefited me to do so. But the one thing I would say about fostering deeper relationships is it takes time. You must make a commitment and an investment. Finances. It's critical that this is an area that moms and dads think deeply about. And then you get on the same page. Health. Almost everyone has different goals that you can set for health. What about your professional life? Christians should set the bar. We should work as working unto the Lord. It's clearly a command in Scripture. We should set that bar. There should not be laziness. It's, we're commanded to not be an eye pleaser. We shouldn't just work when the boss is around, right? We should be diligent. We should work as working to the Lord and recognize that means that we should focus on being professionally competent in whatever we do, whether we're an accountant or an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or a school teacher, whatever it may be that God has called you to pursue as a vocation, let you be a great example. Now, some of this stuff is really obvious. And we're about to head straight into the scripture. This verse this week is a great New Year's verse because it has a past tense and a present tense. It has a before and it has a coming. It has a, a before and a now. And so it's a good verse to talk about this year. Now, before we do that, I will give you three things to consider in your home. Bible centrality. Evaluate that. Do you pray together as a family? As a couple? Does the walk reflect the talk? The most important thing as Christians is we must be consistent. Let there never be anyone accusing you or seeing non let your professional life wherever you are always be such that no one would ever question whether you love Christ. So let's look at this week's text. Okay, Derek just read that, but let's step back. Turn back to Colossians 1. The first three, verses 3 through 8, we're going to recap just briefly. Paul is thankful for the Colossians' faith, their love for the saints, and the gospel is among them bearing fruit and increasing. I have written down in the margin of my Bible an evident faith. Verses 9 through 10, Paul prayed that they are filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding as to walk in a worthy manner. That was the challenge that I just gave. A consistent walk worthy of Christ. We are to be controlled by the Spirit. Verse 10. Bearing fruit and increasing in knowledge. We are to be fruitful and growing. Think about that. We are not to just bear fruit on occasion. We are to be fruitful. Continually bearing fruit and growing. Increasing. 
verses 11 through 12, strengthened for endurance and patience, living thankful because God has given us the chance to be an heir through Christ. And then verse 15 through 20, so the first 14 verses were about the relationship with the Father. And then verse 15 through 19, we talked about last time, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Look at that briefly. He is. That is is a term that's timeless. Christ is before and after, eternal. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created. All the way down to verse 19, for in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Now, we covered that last time, and we want to pick up right here. So there it is, verse 20. In Him, the fullness of Christ. In Him, the fullness of God. Now, that's kind of a slap at the Gnostics. Because Paul, see the Gnostics thought everything was mystical, and so if you were a physical, it was a lesser. And so the fact that Christ came, and that Paul is using this term, it's actually the same term they use, but he's using it to describe Jesus Christ, the fullness of God in Christ. Okay. And so when we look at this, we can see that when we look upon God, we look for no other than Jesus to see the image and the revelation of God's character. Now, we also see reconciling all things to himself. Genesis chapter 3, 17 and 18, everything was cursed because of the sin. We also know in Romans chapter 8, I'm going to turn back and read Romans 8, 19 through 22, Paul records that creation is groaning. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and attain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. <clears throat> Paul is speaking about how creation is bound up with the curse, the curse of sin. That we are here and Christ is coming and reconciling all things to himself. And if you recall in 2 Peter 3.13, it says, According to his promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So Christ is coming. To reconcile all things to himself and make all things new. He has come and he will come again. Now, uh, last, uh, I left it down there. The hymn we sang just last week Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature is wrapped up in this hymn. Okay? He talks about nature. Let's, verse 3, I think it's important. It says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Even in our hymns, we see this singing and this redemption, this reconciling, this restoring the relationship, and that's what reconcile means. So, uh, we get it in two verses this week. We have it there in verse 20. And then if you look in 
uh, go forward into this week's text, you can see uh, reconciled. So there's four big words uh, in salvation. One of them is reconciled. The other is justification. In justification, we stand condemned, but we're declared righteous. Redemption, we stand before God as a slave, but are granted freedom. Romans 6, 18-22. And the justification is Romans 8, 33. Forgiveness, we stand as a debtor, but the debt is paid and forgotten. In Ephesians 1, 17. Adoption, we stand as a stranger, but we're made a son of God. And reconciled, we stand as an enemy, and we're a friend. Think about reconciling in the word I think it's very evident, you know. It's a very easy word to relate to because it's a relationship. You ever been alienated from a spouse? Feeling estranged from a relationship? Let's look at what Paul says. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil things. <coughs> There's the past tense. And you who once were alienated, cut off, separated, estranged, hostile in mind, an attitude of rebellion, or hating the things of God. Hostile. You know what it's like? You've seen someone who's hostile. Right? There's, there's just this unsettledness. There's this, there's this bitterness. There's this pent up, you know, a, a fight, if you will, inside. Doing evil deeds. Acting in sin. The first question for the new year is, is this past tense for you? Sin is the root cause of man's alienation from God. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have made a separation between, between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear First John 1 John 1.6, if we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. In Romans 8, 7 verse 8, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Sin is the root cause of man's alienation from God. And the first evaluation question is, is are you alienated? Or does the next verse apply? Have you now been reconciled in his body of flesh by his death? He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present him holy, blameless, and above reproach. Holy is separated from sin and set apart to God. Blameless is without limit. And above reproach is no one can bring a charge. Who is it? It says before Him. When God looks at those who believe, He sees someone clothed with the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. So the very first question for the new year of 2023, when you read this, is there a once word and a has now that you can point to in your life? If you are still in the once word, I would encourage you to not delay. Flee to Savior. 
Do not put off the things of God. We do not know the day or the hour. There is an urgency. Now, the resolved piece. That's the title of the sermon. Reconciled and resolved. So the very first question is, are you reconciled to God? Are you at peace with Him? Are you walking in your <coughs> That's the very first and foremost thing that must be said. Now, if you are, are you resolved to continue in the faith? It's New Year. Resolution. Resolve. It says here, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, these words firmly established, steadfast, not moved away from. These are architectural type terms, like foundational type terms, like grounded. Paul is not saying that an elect person or someone who has truly really put their faith in Christ can lose their salvation. But what Paul does throughout the Scriptures is continually cause us to evaluate and examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. He knew, he knew that not everybody in those churches probably truly believed. Therefore, it's imperative that we constantly look to this ourselves to test to see if we are in the faith. The only true evidence that we can have that we are a follower of Jesus Christ is the testimony of this in our hearts. We have to be careful that we don't trust in an act or in a prayer or some mystical thing. This is not magic. This is reality. This is rubber meets the road, faith, weekend, week out, you get bumped, we get knocked, it says continue in the faith, not losing and swerving from the hope that we have, but sometimes we get hit. We get hit with things or we get entangled with sin and we have to unwrap ourselves out of it. You ever been out in the woods and got entangled in the vines? You got to wrap around your legs and, and you can't get keep going forward, you got to back up, you got to get out of that, you got to get around it. But if you just continue to stay there and twist it, it just gets worse and worse and it wraps it in tighter and tighter. What Paul's saying here is, the question is, is when you look at this at your life, do you hate sin? Do you love the things of God? Do I have a love for the saints? Are you bearing fruit? Or do you love sin? Are you hostile to the commands of God? Do you avoid being around the saints? Maybe for conviction or you don't want to be real. Are you married? These are the things that testify to our walk. This is the question that we should ask ourselves if we continue in the faith. It's a great time for evaluation, an inventory check. God has gifted us all uniquely for each of us. You see, we've all been, you've all, everybody who's a believer, everyone has spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts aren't just for you. They are for us, each other. Each of us has giftedness that God has given for us. Are we exercising those things among our body? 
is there a once were and a, where I am now in your walk? I, I can't explain other than that that's the most important thing that has to be said. You gotta know first. Secondly, are we continuing with that? So if you're showing up here on 2023, January 1, and you are as close to the Lord as you've ever been, amen. I hope that you are vibrantly serving among us and you are looking for opportunities to, to build relationships and to serve the Lord. You may be showing up a little bit bumped around. True believers can get entangled in sin. We need to repent, turn from, confess, lay it, put it to death. Try to go put to death. It doesn't say put it down here and put it away for a little while and try to keep it, you know. It says get rid of it. So we're called to walk. Built solidly in God's word. Now, I've got this little hymn. Where is it? Okay, I handed this out. I thought it was a good hymn. It says, I am resolved. New Year's Day. Resolution is resolved. Now, I'm not going to sing this for you. Uh, that would be a bad start to the new year. So, uh, however, what I do want to know is I want to just challenge everyone. In light of our Advent study, in light of what we just went through with Advent, hopefully that prompted us to start a pattern of coming together as family, to talk about God's Word, to possibly sing and uh, pray together. And so I would encourage us as a body to lead well in this space with family devotion. And so this is a way to do it. And so this is just a simple way. I thought I would tie this together. I am resolved. Andrew's going to try to find us. We're going to try to find a way to, to publish this in an email coming out this week where you can go to Spotify and get the, the music or, or something like that. But to sing it as a family, to come together, to pray as a family. But let's just look at the verses together real quick. You can also use the verse as the motion. So let's read the first one. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. Well, that right there could be a 20-minute conversation among the family. What are the world's charms? What do they do to allure us? What do they do? Do we linger there? What's lingering mean? Unpack what that means. And then come. There are things that are higher, things that are nobler. We can go to Philippians. Paul challenges to think of the things of God. Right? And so we can go look up that verse. We can talk about those things. What are nobler things? What are higher things? Go to the next verse. I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin in strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He has the words of life. That's the gospel. Our passage right here today says we are to continue in the faith, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. We are to continually preach the good news to our children and to ourselves and take it also to the community. The third I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. He, what he saith, and do what he willeth. He is the living. Lastly, 
I am resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, foes may be sent, still will I enter in. Isn't that continuing to faith? Steadfast, firm, not scoring from the soul. Simple way we can use this as a family devotion. There's four lessons, at least, wrapped up in four verses about this. And there's a song to close, as we head into 2023, let's head into it hopefully. Not move away from the hope. Let's move into 2023 as a church. Praying, praying diligently for our building team to know how best to utilize these facilities for us as a body and how best to exercise our gifts among each other. Search for a pastor. Praying diligently. Let's love each other well.